1: Hi, I'm Carrie Charles and thanks so much for joining me today on this episode of 5G Talent Talk. And I am super excited to have with me today, Alex Gelman. Alex is the CEO of Vertical Bridge, the largest private owner and operator of wireless communications infrastructure in the US. Alex, thanks so much for joining me today.
2: Hey Carrie, thanks for having me.
1: So Alex, tell us more about Vertical Bridge.
2: Sure. So Vertical Bridge is the largest uh, private tower company in the U.S. We're sort of a pure play in that we're only towers and we're only U.S. And that's by design. We're six years old and we were founded by a group of folks who came out of Global Towers.
1: Okay, great. So there's so many tower companies in the U.S. We know that. And we want to know or I want to know what makes you different than everyone else.
2: Well, there's so many tower companies because it's <laughs> a great business. So
0: <laughs> smart right.
2: people figured out <laughs> this is a great business. And we certainly weren't the first. I think what makes us different is we're in a unique spot, Carrie, where we are private, we're at scale, and we're permanent. So what I mean by that is we're privately owned, we're not publicly traded. So the big three companies in the U.S. are publicly traded. What that means is I get to know a lot of information about what they're doing. We're private. They don't get to know a lot of information about what we're doing. I like that. Mm. I guess I've been watching a lot of too many spy shows lately. (laughs) Two at scale is really important because you have to be big enough to be a meaningful partner for T-Mobile, for AT&T, for Verizon, for iHeart, et cetera. And that's really what we want to do. We want to be the tower company that partners with our customers, not squeezes them. And, but to be meaningful, you have to be at scale. So that's the second thing. And then the last thing is you have to be permanent. We have to be around. That's the trick. Get to scale, stay private, and be permanent. We're, really, we're there, and I think we're the only one.
1: So Alex, I wanna just back up a little bit because I'd love to hear your personal story, your professional journey. How did you get to where you are? Because you've got just an enormous depth of experience behind you with this.
2: That means I'm old, Carrie. (laughs) You know, I've been super lucky. Life's a journey, you know, I didn't go to school. And what I tell my sons all the time is, you know, you don't have to have it all planned out. I know a lot of people make you feel like you do. And I think the internet really exacerbates that because you only see the perfection of everything, right? But the reality is life is a journey and you're fortunate if you notice the moments that are big moments in your life and you're fortunate if you notice the moments that are big opportunities in your life. And I've missed a few, but I said yes enough times to be very fortunate to be where I am. But I was always more entrepreneurial. So I would say like right out of business school, I had a choice. I could join a startup wireless company and get paid nothing. Or I could take my expensive degree and go work for a giant company as a financial analyst in a cube somewhere. And guess which one I chose? And that was it. I mean, that was probably the single most important decision that set me on the path that I'm on. But the key for me, Carrie, is It matters who you work with. It really matters who your partners are, who your colleagues are. And if you have the right people in a group, I like team sports. This is my sport. I wasn't good enough to play professionally, but I consider this a sport in a way because we keep score. And it's very important to me to have good teammates. And it's always been important to me to everybody know what position they're playing, right? And you can't all play each other's position right so that has always sort of guided me in business and if you have good people and you talk 1 plus 1 equals 3 in terms of ideas and opportunity and been lucky luck helps
1: you know it does it really does alex i would consider you one of my mentors i look up to you as a leader wow. and in fact when i took the, over this role as ceo of broadstaff you were one of the first people i reached out to and i really would like to know what are some secrets of your leadership style? I mean, I just think this is, you're awesome
2: at this. And, wow. And I'd like well, thank to hear you. Some. you know, my philosophy is you can't ask people to do something that you won't do yourself. So nobody respects somebody who won't roll up their sleeves and do it. You got to earn your stripes. They're not given to you, right? So people don't respect leaders who will kind of do the dirty work themselves, so to speak. So that's one. Set an example. I guess is one, two, you gotta be authentic. You gotta be who you are. You can't not be, you can't be phony or people don't like phony. People don't follow phony. They don't like it. So I think that's really important. I think three, you gotta have the hard conversations. That's the hardest part for me. Some people are easy at it than others, (laughs) but you gotta be able to have the tough conversations. Because I have a good friend who calls it. You got to be able to go below the belt. You got to be able to say, listen, we're going to have it out here. You're not going to like what I'm going to say. It doesn't change our relationship or how I feel about you, I hope. But I don't like what's going on or what's going on, right? And you got to really have that honest conversation. If you can't do that at work, you're not really a team. You're not really a family. And it's very easy to avoid it. I've learned over the years that guys don't like to talk about their feelings very much. It's very true. I qualify, but you sort of have to because you can't work intensely and achieve things as a team unless you do. And so that's been the hardest part.
1: I love that. That reminds me of the book by all the books of Brene Brown and she's written some leadership books on vulnerability, but thanks for sharing that Alex, because I definitely look up to you as a leader And also as a leader of Vertical Bridge, the company has just announced something that I think is just incredible. Vertical Bridge is now the first carbon neutral tower company in the world. So this is just absolutely incredible to me. What prompted this? And you know, how did this happen? What was the journey?
2: Yeah, so you know, what really happened is Outside of the U.S. in particular, ESG is a very important thing for investors, environmental safety and governance. And I saw GTP when we had an Australian investor, and I'm seeing it sort of secondhand through all the digital bridge, digital colony companies, and the investors are really interested in ESG. The U.S. investors are, but to a lesser extent, but I saw it coming. And I said... We have VBCN, our charitable effort, which I think is great and sets us apart, but what else can we do? Right? Because it's been we doing that for five years. Okay, that's great, we're gonna keep doing it, but what else can we do? And, you know, I realized that there's no carbon neutral tower company that we could find anywhere in the world. Why don't we be the first? We'll always be the first. <laughs> right. So I put my partner and friend Bernard on it, Who is Bernard guy, who is incredibly detailed. And this is like, he's the perfect guy for something like this. And he researched it and he looked into what do we have to do to get there. In three months, figured everything out and said, here's what we have to do to get there. And we said, you know, let's do it. Our board was very supportive. And it's a first step of a journey because one is you neutralize the carbon that you use, but you also then have to start reducing how much carbon you use. So it's both. So the reduction is a longer term program around what kind of fuel are we using? How efficiently are we using energy? So that's gonna be next. But the first step was how do we offset what we're using? That's what we did. Now, I'll tell you, it's really interesting. There's a whole industry around this. And I'm actually now going to do it personally. They have a website. They're developing this company where you can literally punch in how much do you drive? How do you travel, et cetera? Where do you live? What's your average utility bill at home? And it'll show you how much carbon you're burning as a, mm. as a family, as a person and offset it. And so, you know, look, we either get serious about this stuff or we don't. I'd say the trigger honestly was my wife, Robin, got an electric car. Oh. And I was like, what? And she loves it. And I'm like, this is the right thing to do. So I try to learn from the people around me. I don't always do it, but once in a while. But really, kudos to Bernard for executing it.
1: So I wonder if other tower companies are going to follow in your footsteps.
2: I think they will. I mean, to me, I, hope so. I was shocked that nobody had done it. Right. I really was. And I would expect others will.
1: Good. Good. I hope they do. So, right. So do I. So, Alex, tower companies seem to be the hottest play in 5G right now. Why is that? And is this going to change once 5G is rolled out?
2: Well, I think tower companies are hot right now because it's really driven by carrier investment. What drives tower company growth is capital investment by our customers where they need to deploy more electronics and equipment on our locations. And a lot of people look at 5G and say, at the simplest level, and say, wow, it's going to be a lot of investment by carriers, so the tower companies are really going to benefit. So that's the big picture. I think what's happening right now is the investment that's being made isn't really 5G, it's really infill of 4G, but everything's going to be called 5G from now on. But the reality is there's only two handsets that are 5G right now. So... The marketing 5G is way out ahead of the physical 5G, if you will. But as you look at any rollout in our industry, the first thing that carriers do is upgrade the sites they already have. So that'll hit the macro towers, predominantly where carriers are already present, the hundreds of thousands of sites they already have. So they're going to upgrade. That's an opportunity for tower companies. And then... As 5G takes off, I think then we'll see more infill and the spread of that investment beyond macros to small cells and in-building, potentially bringing in new frequencies like CBRS. That's a little down the road. So right now, towers are at the front end of all this. That's why I think towers are.
1: Mm. So what we were talking about 12 months ago, the plans that were being made by the carriers, do you think that any of that has changed with COVID-19? Do you think that this is going to impact 5G going forward the next 12, 24, 36 months?
2: So the first question, I think, yes. I think in the short run, I think my personal expectation for carrier spend, whether you call it 4G or 5G for 2020, I think it will be lower now than I expected a year ago. But you have to point out, coming into this year, we didn't know whether Sprint and Timo would merge right? And then it wasn't until really COVID started and then April 1st, it closed that happened. So that bodes well for the future. But I do think that 2020 will be a bit of a down year for everybody because the impacts of COVID, but more carrier spending will be muted because the new Timo has to do a lot of things to get started It's the last opportunity, in my opinion, for AT&T and Verizon to spend money in other parts of their business instead of in wireless. Because once new Timo is rocking and rolling, which I hope is soon, they'll keep going. They're never going to stop because they're all wireless. And I think that will make a... Put a lot of pressure potentially on the competitors to be more consistent in their spend on wireless specifically because they have a lot of choices. They're, they're big companies. The other thing is I think a new Timo is going to have a lot more free cash. They'll be a lot bigger so they can invest more. So I guess what I would say is this year my view is less spending than I would have thought a year ago mm-hmm. but in the long run it hasn't changed and then the wild card is really carry what is 5G really going to be? What are you and I going to spend money on or what are companies going to spend money on that's 5G? And that'll be, the sooner we get clarity on that, the faster the 5G deployment will go. So we could have a steady 5G spend for a decade or we could have it take off. Mm -hmm. And it will take off if there's visibility to a revenue model that works for the carriers. But we don't know what it is today. I don't right.
1: Think I, I, no, I. Yeah, you're right. I don't think anybody knows, but I like your thoughts. I like that plan. Let's talk a little bit more about Vertical Bridge. Sure. You have such just an amazing company culture, and I know that firsthand. I know your leaders, I your employees. You're just so easy to staff for and people want to work Vertical Bridge. In fact, people will call me and say, hey, can you get me in the Vertical Bridge? <laughs> so you've done a great job there and your leadership has as well. Tell us about your culture and what makes you different there.
2: I think it really embodies the work hard, play hard culture and it's really adopted from GTP. We carried that over from GTP. When we started the company, Bernard Borgai, Mike Belsky, Mark Ganzi, and I were friends. But also colleagues. And we said, you know, we're going to start this business. And the first money into the company was our own. And we said, we want to have a culture that is positive, that's always positive. We don't want to have a lot of the negativity that can develop in companies and that, you know, we want to minimize that. We don't want people, well, I won't go into it, but we basically wanted to have a positive culture from day one all the way across. And that's always been our mission. So we did a couple of things. One, I interview every person before they can start, Mm -hmm. will not allow us to hire anybody I haven't interviewed. So now it's this, but it's been face-to-face until now. Two, we do a personality profile on everybody we interview. I won't interview anybody unless I have that profile on my desk. And gradually that's led to everybody actually using it themselves. But (laughs) to me, it's very important to know who's joining the company, what are their strengths and weaknesses personality-wise, what motivates them, what demotivates them, and who are they? Give me some insight into who are they. I can read their resume and I can see what they've done, but I need to know who they are. What kind of person are they? So I know where they're going to fit and how they're going to fit with other people. And then we'll pull that out later, Carrie, if there's ever conflict, which there is, families have conflict. Why is this conflict occurring? And I can look at this personality profile for both people involved and say, it's usually really good insight and it'll tell me why. Frequently it's because they have the same personality. Mm-hmm.
1: Right, yeah.
2: okay. but it happens. But so I think that was important. And then we try to have fun. We try to incorporate in what we're doing fun. We recognize that we're here a lot. We work a lot. If it's fun, it's not debilitating. It's very hard to work at a place that's not fun. And worse, it's to me, it's physically impossible to work very long at a place you hate. And if you force yourself to do that, I really, I I honestly believe it shortens your life. So we don't want anybody ever coming into our office hating to be there. If that's what's going on, tell us we'll figure out how to change it or go, right? If we can't fix it, go. That's really important. Now, we're lucky. This business is small. We're still under 200 employees. So we really can know everybody in the company.
1: So Vertical Bridge is... I would have to say that is the most generous company that I know. And I just know so much about your philanthropic efforts and what you give and your heart and the heart of Vertical Bridge. So tell me a little bit more about the why behind that, Alex.
2: Yeah. You know, it comes from the team, the people. Vertical Bridge Charitable Network is completely employee run. People volunteer. There's a committee that runs it. And basically, it's driven by what's nominated by our team members. That's really important. I think the why is, honestly, you know, it's philanthropic, but I have to say it's really, really good for the business. And I make the argument now to all the investors and really anybody I can, this is something that every company should do. I feel like it's a secret weapon and that for a lot of reasons. Number one, it allows us to support the causes that are important to our customer. You know, you go back 20 years ago, you have customers or like, you know, sales guy would come in and go, oh, geez, they hit me up for this or that. (laughs) And it's never budgeted. And you're always like, how do now we're like platinum, go platinum. If it's important (laughs) to our customer, we support it, which I think is meaningful Two, and more important. Anything that's important to somebody who works for us, anybody who gives time or money or both to a cause, we support that. So like, for example, we have an employee who gives his vacation time to go to the Caribbean to help participate in surgeries for people who basically they are cranial surgeries. Uh So things that people need that really affects their life that they can't get. And they go down there for two weeks and he literally is a volunteer for his vacation time. So what a person, right? What a human. And so Uh we basically give him a check. So now when he goes, he takes a $5,000 or $10,000 check every time he goes. Huge, right? And it makes him feel really good about where he works. Makes him feel connected to the company and not want to leave. And that's what I want. You know, Mm -hmm. I want to grow this company. I don't want to have to replace people who leave. So that's super important. And then we've really shifted the emphasis also to doing things together, so that's really what's under pressure right now last year we got to 100 percent participation on our hours everybody got eight hours to a volunteer we got to 100 percent participation we're missing that right now we can't do that and but it really was bonding for us both in florida at headquarters but around the country we had events i think that's super important so that was another why and then we're just lucky We're in such a lucky business. I mean, in the middle of COVID, we haven't had to furlough anybody. We haven't had to cut anybody's pay. We have not reduced one benefit. No, we haven't reduced 401k or 401k match. We haven't had to do any of that. And to me, we're all really, really lucky that we're in this industry, however we got here, and that we're with a company that can afford to do that. I think it's good that we all recognize that and are reminded of that and really. VBCN in a lot of ways is our way of reminding each other of that regularly. And that's not that.
1: You know, Alex, you've said family twice, the Vertical Bridge family. And I can just tell that every single leader, including yourself and Vertical Bridge, I mean, you really care. You care about people, you care about your customers, care about your employees. I mean, you really do. We do. Comes from the heart. Like it's not just a business strategy. I mean, it really is part of your DNA.
2: It's fun. I mean, honestly, this is this is my family. I mean, probably because all my kids went off to school. <laughs> but it, no, it is family. I mean, look, it's important. I know we celebrate. It's funny. We do – I'll give you one example. So we do a birth announcement for every tower that we build. And we internally <laughs> I love it. a birth announcement and a picture of the tower and some stats about the tower, who we built it for, where it is. And we. when it's released, we ring bells, cowbells. We also – do a similar-looking birth announcement for every baby. That's my favorite birth announcement. So anybody who works for the company has a baby. We do a little birth announcement like that, and it's a way of us celebrating, you know, our life moves on. The main thing right now that I'm focused on, Carrie, is how do we bring in 20-somethings into Vertical Bridge and teach them our industry and then let them take the business forward for the next few decades because we want to be permanent and that means that all the 50 somethings that run the company and really our whole industry is run by 50 somethings. Yeah. How do we train and bring along the young, bright people who also are excited about it? We all learn by the seat of our pants. You know, Belsky and I joke about this Mm -hmm. all the time. We have no idea what we were doing in the early days. Some people might argue we still don't. (laughs) But really, how do we give the younger folks that opportunity so we can bring up that next sort of generation in the business? And that, to me, that gets me super excited about the next five years of finding those folks I know you'll help and bring them in and train them and then the hard part is actually let them implement their ideas our industry is very old school in a lot of ways and I think we can do it better
1: yeah so let's talk about hiring are you going (laughs) to hire over the next 12 months what does the outlook look like for you, and are you hiring now? I mean, I know that unemployment is at an all-time high.
2: Yeah, we're hiring. We've been hiring pretty steadily through COVID. Uh, We're fairly small, we're still, as I said, under 200 employees, but we've been probably hiring at least somebody every other week, if not every week through this. During COVID, we've raised a billion one in new debt. Well, a billion one in debt, about half of that was refinancing existing debt. Uh, the other half was new. So we have a lot of dry powder to invest. We think that the carrier partners are going to need us more and more and more in the future. So we want to hire. We want to hire ahead of the curve. We're taking COVID as an opportunity to grab some experienced people who, for whatever circumstance, are available that wouldn't normally be available and bring them in. And we're also trying to grab kids, as I was saying, who. There's some incredible kids out there who just graduated college or a year out, and they're on the street. And it's like we're never going to have this kind of opportunity to get that kind of talent and get them to move to Boca. (laughs) (laughs) They want to wait. Not
1: a bad place to move to if you have. I don't think so, but you know, (laughs) they
2: think it's all. That's where my grandmother used to live. Is the first sentence of every. uh, (laughs) I got to get through that. But no, we're absolutely hiring. We will hire to match the demand that we see from our customers. And as I said, we haven't let anybody go continuing to hire and we're ready to scale up to meet the demand as it hits.
1: That's exciting news. So where can people find out more about Vertical Bridge, about your jobs, the career pages?
2: I should know how to answer that, shouldn't I? Call you. No. Uh, yeah,
1: call me. <laughs> I
2: think our website, there's a link on our website with an app. You know, the main thing for us is, honestly, if it's someone who cares about their job and wants to accomplish something and usually, and likes a team approach. So, you know, I would say played sports or likes sports, but likes teamwork. Um, this is a great place or been in the military, this is a great place to be because that's our philosophy and that's really what we're looking for. There's a lot of people who they look at it and say, my job is not a priority in my life. I have other things that are much more important to me. My job is just a way to pay the bills. That's fine, I respect that, but that's not, that person won't be happy at Vertical Bridge because that's not how we view it. Family super important, family is first always, 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 but you got to care. You got to give a crap and you got to care about our mission together that we're trying to accomplish. If you don't, you're not going to really have a good experience with all the other people there because they're going to be like, this person isn't on the team. It's not a fit for everybody.
1: No, and and you're absolutely right. That is true with every company. Before we close, I wanted to ask you just quickly. So you mentioned a little bit about it. What would you say you're looking for in the way of soft skills? I'm just curious because there's obviously that people have to have experience and the, the skills necessary to do the job, the resume, this, that, and the other. But what about soft skills? What's important to you?
2: It really depends. It's a great question, hard to answer, but very important. It really depends on the job, the role. And I think a lot of it depends on the company and the culture. And this is something I know you understand very well, which is why you are so good at what you do. The most important thing, as I said, is you got to care. You have to give a crap because I don't have a lot of tolerance and none of us do for somebody who's just sort of putting in the time. That's go work somewhere else. I think the most important soft skill is you got to be able to communicate. You have to be able to verbally communicate and communicate in writing at some pretty high level, just because we go fast, a lot of emails, a lot of communications. By the way, I want to say, it doesn't mean you have to speak English the way I speak English at all. It just means you have to be able to communicate what you're trying to convey. That's everything. If we don't communicate, and if you're not good at that, you're not good at informing your team it becomes tough that's the most important soft skill
1: i tend to agree with you communication to me is everything so alex this has just been tremendous i so appreciate you coming on the show i've really enjoyed our conversation today thank you
2: thanks for having me
1: yes and be well
0: you too please thank you Thank you for listening to another informative episode of 5G Talent Talk, brought to you by RCR Wireless News, Telecom Careers, and Broadstaff Talent Solutions. As we advance into the future, we promise to bring you the resources you need to navigate this ever-changing landscape of 5G to help you attract, retain, and engage people in this new world of work. To access the show notes or leave a review, visit broadstaffglobal.com. Until next time.